you're listening to the Locked In Podcast. Here's your host, Algernon Cash. I'm Algernon Cash, and you're locked in. The North Carolina General Assembly uh, just wrapped up their session a few weeks ago, and um, as promised, I told you that I was going to be bringing on a bunch of guests to talk about sort of what happened in this latest session I know we have a political roundtable coming up in the next few weeks that will feature Mitch Koka from um, Carolina Journal, as well as Representative John Hardister and Senator Joyce Kravick. Um, We'll have them on coming in the next few weeks, um, as well as a breakdown of the legislative session from Representative Jeff Zinger and Representative Amber Baker. Um, We're going to have them on at the same time. So I expect a little bit of fireworks on that particular show. But today I've got my good buddy, Ed Haynes. Been a long time since I've been able to talk with him. Um, Ed is well known around our region. He's a small business owner. He's a former state legislator. Um, He's an attorney and um, now actually um, leading government relations for Kilpatrick, Townsend, Stockton through his own group, which is the Haynes Group Governmental Affairs. And Ed was very instrumental on a big issue in this latest session, which is what we're going to talk about today. Ed, thank you for locking in with me. How are you? I'm doing great, Algernon. Thank you so much. And uh, just let me say that I, I appreciate you uh, having me on and I really appreciate the opportunity to support your platform and uh, what you're doing. This is great. You're doing great work out there and I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, man, I appreciate you you being here. And, um, you know, I ran into you downtown at, at Fair Witness one night and I said, I got to get you on the show, man, because um, I've, I've been watching some of the work you've been doing in this latest session. And, um, you know, congratulations with some of the progress that you made. But you you were really involved with this sort of push to legalize cannabis, at least medical cannabis here in North Carolina. A little bit controversial, but um, you, you guys were push, trying to push that through this past session. I don't believe you got quite what you wanted, but you did get some some type of a bill passed. Talk to my audience a little bit about sort of what you're working on and, 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 and give us some context about why you think this is important for North Carolina. Right. Well, first of all, you know, I want to make sure that, um, you know, we... Uh, you know, give all due credit to, you know, our local senator, uh, you know, Senator Paul Lowe, who is a principal sponsor of the bill, uh, along with Senator Raybon and uh, Senator Lee. Uh, this is something that I know uh, the senator had on his mind uh, for at least the last three or four years and something we had talked about uh, while we were in Raleigh. So he's been instrumental in that. And uh, Algernon, what I decided to do a couple of years ago, I really felt like this was going to happen. And so I started the North Carolina Medical Cannabis Association. Uh, in an effort to start bringing like-minded uh, people uh, together, uh, which is really what got Kilpatrick Townsend uh, and Stockton involved, you know, in this in this bill as well, and, and has been a real basis for our relationship going uh, going forward. And so, uh, but that's KTS Strategies and Chess McDowell's involved in this as actually the president uh, of the association. And so, what we did is really started hitting the ground and trying to get like-minded people involved and understanding the ins and outs. Uh, of this bill. Uh, The first thing we wanted people to understand is that this is a medical cannabis bill. Uh, This is about medicine. This is about compassionate care uh, and not about a full bore uh, venture into recreational cannabis. Uh, That's one of the things we wanted to make sure as an association uh, that we really promoted, uh, that we were educational uh, in what we did and that uh, we were sticking Uh, at the side uh, of the bill sponsors in terms of what we wanted to make sure uh, happened in North Carolina. And that was a measured, medically focused approach 
uh, to a very important area that obviously has taken off uh, nationwide and has been quite successful in some places and in other places uh, has not been successful, Algernon. So uh, we've been very focused in on trying to make sure, uh, as we tend to do in North Carolina, that we take measured steps, uh, but appropriate steps to make sure that medical cannabis comes to play uh, in the state. You know, now for, for some people, and I, I think some of the media headlines might have been a little bit misleading. We, we were able to get, I think, a hemp bill passed in this latest session. Um, I saw some of the news reports that came out. It sort of read almost like marijuana was legal in, in North right. Carolina. So I, I, if you're in my audience and you, you, you smoke a little marijuana, you probably got excited when you saw the headline. <laughs> but but it, it's not it's not quite that. Right. Ed, talk, right. talk to my audience a little bit about what did pass. Right. Right. What did pass was uh, what did pass was a uh, portion of the, uh, you know, of the farm bill to include hemp uh, to make sure that we lo- wouldn't lose you know, 200 small businessmen who have invested a major, you know, amount of, of money in this, uh, in this growing area of, uh, of hemp production, you know, uh, going on across the state and across the nation. As you know, that was probably 1,100 uh, or so people in, involved in that hemp area three or four years ago, and now it's been cut to under 300, but we have some mm-hmm. pretty major players in that area right now, Denon, and so uh, I don't, it, it is quite true uh, that some of your uh, some of your listeners uh, certainly can't smoke marijuana legally, but uh, Delta Eight's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, and so, I, I, while while I have have not uh, been on the partaking side of that, I understand uh, I understand that it is a decent alternative. Uh, having having said that, what did pass uh, was uh, what did pass was a medical cannabis bill in the Senate. You know, as you know, okay. that bill did pass in the Senate. And was moved uh, to the house. Uh, it was probably on life support uh, as soon as it moved to the house, uh, simply due to the other constraints of politics that were going on with regard to the budget and how quickly the Senate took it to the floor. Uh, although it was, although they went through, my goodness, you know, six or seven committees uh, to make sure that everyone was heard, uh, it came to the house. It came to the house. And they decided to sit on it. And, and frankly, Algernon, what they did probably a couple of weeks before uh, they left session was they had a caucus vote. And out of that caucus vote, uh, Republican caucus vote, there were 40 no votes uh, on that cannabis bill uh, for any for any number of reasons. Uh, some of them due to the fact that uh, folks were scared about getting primaried. And some of it due to the fact that there's simply uh, a group of Republicans uh, who do not believe that uh, that uh, medical cannabis or cannabis in any form is a good is a good thing? Hey, I'll, I'll give you. I'll let you in another secret. There's a there's a group of Democrats who feel the same way, and there's a group of Black caucus members uh, who feel the same way. And so this is uh this is not this hasn't ever was this was never going to be an easy bill uh, to get through. Uh, I do think, however, it is a it is a likely bill uh, to get through, and primarily uh, due to the fact that. Ultimately, the state's going to have to discover some different revenue streams, and uh, this would be one of the most obvious ones to get into. So I think in all likelihood during the next long session, I think this bill will pass, uh, but it's going to largely be due to money <laughs> and not so much due to the fact that a lot of Republicans and some Democrats believe that medical cannabis is the way to go. You, you know, you mentioned that you started the um, North Carolina Medical Cannabis Association, and I know even across the country, we, we've seen a lot of reform with state laws as it relates to medical cannabis. 
I guess talk a little bit about the, the impact medical cannabis would have in North Carolina. Like, I mean, it, 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 do you have numbers around the number of people this could really help if, if you're able to get the bill passed? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, right now, you know, we estimate that there are two, three hundred thousand people who would be who would be helped uh, right now today uh, by having this medicine available uh, to them. We understand that uh, we understand that, you know, the legislators right now have this in a very limited form. I think there are only five or six areas uh, that, um, you know, that medical cannabis could be prescribed. Uh, but we believe that that's going to change. Uh, as the as the bill gets passed and as the different boards and commissions get uh, get formed, uh, these boards and commissions will have an opportunity to kind of branch out a little bit more mm. in terms of you know what medical cannabis can be used for. One of the things we fought for and that and our and uh, and that the uh, senators did agree to is uh, end of life uh, end of end of life treatment, uh, no matter what the illness was. Uh, if, they felt that you were in the last 90 to 120 days of your life, uh, they would allow doctors to prescribe this, uh, even in a smokable form. And we thought that was a, a pretty good concession uh, this early uh, in the bill passage. But uh, out and on, we have so many, so many soldiers uh, who come back uh, with, uh, you know, you know, with post-traumatic, you know, syndrome uh, from the wars and from their service where they are saying, that they need, you know, this type of, of medicine to help them cope. Uh, we have so many older people who have worked their entire lives, uh, you know, for this country and for our society, who, you know, say that, you know, as their diabetes gets worse, as their, you know, as their ailments and, and, and arthritis gets worse, uh, that these are crippling, crippling and emotionally debilitating uh, syndromes that, you know, this type of medicine uh, will help these people who have been responsible citizens their entire life, you know, get through in their later years. And so I think that's what, you know, we've been really trying to focus on uh, while staying in line with what our senators want. And that is, and our, and our legislature wants, and that is a, a measured approach uh, that will be passed ultimately in a, in a bipartisan way. Uh, as you know, uh, that's been my approach. That was my approach to legislate, legislating when I was voting on bills and that's going to be my approach in legislating, you know, as I as I push bills uh, from a lobbying standpoint. You know, I, I, I think there's such of um, and we we you know we, we're responsible for this. There's such a stigma attached to to, to cannabis or marijuana, whatever you want to say. Um, and that stigma has been attached for a long time. You, you know, I, I think about the Olympian um, who ended up getting disqualified and wasn't able to compete in the the Olympics because she had a little bit of cannabis in our, in our system or the, the, the WNBA player, um, Brittany Garner, who, who's um, trapped in a Moscow prison right now because she got caught with a little bit of cannabis. Um, what, what have you been doing statewide to just address the, the stigma associated with cannabis? Everybody believes if you smoke cannabis, then you must be lazy, unemployed, and right. you're just not contributing to society. How, how, do you, how do you get out in front of that narrative? Yeah, you know, you know, Adonan, I think that to be honest about it, that really has not been a focus of uh, you know of our association. I think what we've really stayed focused on is just is, is is educating people about the facts regarding the bill. And frankly, um we've spent a lot of time talking to ministers and other folks who work in poor communities, talking to them about what the bill is not. Uh mm. one of the things that we've had 
a real issue with and that many of our Black Caucus members are concerned with is that misinformation gets out there. Young people begin to believe that cannabis is in fact legal and marijuana is in fact legal when in fact, what is this? This is a medical cannabis bill. And then that leaves into falsification of IDs because, mm. please, because clearly you will have to have a medical cannabis card issued by the state of North Carolina, you know, once this passes. And so we've been kind of addressing and looking at ways uh, to talk to the community about making sure people understand that this is not a open pass, you know, to smoke, you know, cannabis in, in society. This is a medical issue and that these cards will be issued. And you and I both understand uh, that when that when this does pass, that means that the state of North Carolina will be controlling cannabis in this state. And what we both know is that you're not going to steal money from the state of North Carolina. You know, you're not going to you're not going to have a fake ID and think eventually uh, you're not going to be in some pretty serious trouble. And so we've been dealing with a lot of unintended consequences uh, that can come along, you know, from this bill and trying to advise you know, folks in the community about how they can certainly deal with this while supporting the idea uh, that this medicine coming into our society uh, is a good thing. I, I agree with you 100 percent. There is a there is a negative uh, stigma uh, attached to it. Uh, unfortunately, some of that has been attached from a uh, socioeconomic uh, and even race, you know, uh, basis. Uh, you know, certainly we feel for, you know, Brittany Griner and uh, some of our other folks who have, who have been um incarcerated and who are being held on these issues or being held out of the Olympics. Uh, but those were, as we, as, as you and I understand, those were also free choice issues. And what we want to make sure of is that our association, you know, kind of stays away from, from, from those debates, even though I think what's happening to those folks is ridiculous. Uh, at the same time, we want to make sure that we're staying away from those debates and staying laser focused and on the fact that this is a, a medical piece set to have self to help help people and one that we want to make sure gets gets uh, passed in a responsible way in our state you know Ed, I'm, I'm about to run out of time and before i lose you i mean one thing i do want to jump into i mean right now you've got over half the states in the country i think somewhere around 26 states have legalized uh, marijuana obviously running counter to the, the federal law that still says that marijuana is illegal um, and a lot of states have legalized it, you know, starting out the way that you're proposing in a medical way. And then eventually it becomes legal in terms of recreation. A lot of people in North Carolina may be concerned about that's going to happen here as well. Um, yeah. what, what would you say to them? I, I, I would say that, uh, you know, the likelihood uh, is that one day we will have recreational marijuana. Uh, in my personal opinion, uh, Algernon and, and having served, uh, you know, uh, the state of North Carolina as a representative for seven years, what I did learn is that the state of North Carolina typically does not give up revenue that they can hold on to. Um, and so I think uh, uh, the fear of people that we will end up with dispensaries on every corner, you know, in our state, mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't believe it. Uh, personally, uh, I believe that this will go recreational at some point in the next five, six years and that it will be ABC controlled, just like alcohol, you know, which raises a whole nother, you know, uh, specter of, of concern and disgruntlement among people, uh, because that, because again, that will be very different, you know, than all of our surrounding states. Uh, but I think that ultimately uh, the revenue, the tax revenue generated is going to be too big for the state to, to for the state to pass up on. Uh, I think having an ABC system uh, with regard to marijuana 
will be something that will be palpable to the state of to the uh, citizens of the state because it's something that they they're used to. Uh, even if you know they don't love it, they're used to that system. And I believe that will be a uh, great revenue generator uh, for the state as we move closer to a zero percent corporate tax basis. That's zero percent corporate tax basis is great. Uh, when it comes down to you know North Carolina being tagged and targeted uh, and, and, and as the number one state for business uh, in the country, as we were just you know um, called by Forbes and CNBC, uh, but it does create revenue, you know, a revenue situation that we have to make up uh, long term. And I believe the state will ultimately see uh, marijuana as such from a recreational standpoint and will hold those tax dollars in an ABC format. Well, my, my audience know that um, I'm always in favor of common sense reforms. And, you, you know, I, I don't think you can legislate morality. People are going to do what they want to do. If you want to smoke marijuana, you're, you're probably doing it right now this morning yeah. listening to this show. <laughs> um, and, and so, you, you know, the, the, the laws can't make you, you know, make one decision or the other. So I applaud the, the work that you all are doing. I'm, I'm, all, I'm on board with, with even being in favor of recreational marijuana. I, I think it's time that we do away with the black market and, and, and allow, allow a lot of people to come out of the shadows. Um, marijuana laws, you know, adversely impact minority communities. And you've got a lot of black men and women that are locked up. Um, for, for small possession of marijuana. So I'm, I'm in favor of going all the way with it. I applaud what you do. Thank you for mentioning um, Senator Lowe um, as being a part of this, because I did have a conversation with him one night, and I know he's working really, really hard um, to get this through. For my audience that don't know, Senator Lowe, he, he's a pastor. Um, and so he, he caught a lot of heat for being a pastor and getting behind medical Absolutely. cannabis. Um, but, but if you know Senator Lowe, he, he doesn't um, shy away from criticism. Uh, either. And so we appreciate the work he's doing in the Senate down there. I appreciate the work with my good friend Ed Haynes is doing. Um, for my audience, make sure you go check out the North Carolina Medical Cannabis Association. They're doing great work in Raleigh. They're not done yet. Um, they've got they've made some progress. I'm sure they're going to come back in the next session and continue to work on this really important bill that can impact so many people across North Carolina. And then also for my audience, also make sure you are tuned in to WTOB because that is where the Locked In Show broadcasts every Sunday morning. But of course, if you miss it there, hopefully you are subscribed to the podcast and you can download that at Apple, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you like to get your favorite podcast, you can lock in with me there. Always make sure you're following Algernon Cash on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, y'all stay locked in. The executive producer of the Locked In Podcast is Algernon Cash for WCG. The associate producer is Tim Beeman for Such and Such Media. The views and opinions in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and are not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without express written consent of WGC.